This is Stuff Should Know. Howdy, folks. You're about to listen to an exclusive interview with Dr. Wood about the history of the Stuff OSU Should Know podcast. So I, I have some questions. Just the, the, easy, the easy first one is, this is a kind of unorthodox approach to an honors class, or any class, really. Why, what did you see that you were like, I, I want to fill that void, and the way I can do that is with a podcast? Um, I mean, I really think it was the, it was the response, really, to the, this whole idea of an add-on. You know, the whole mm-hmm. idea of a one-hour-a-week class that is designed to be less I mean because the way that the add-ons were initially pitched to me was that this should be a different type of class than the classes that students are taking elsewhere right Mm -hmm. like students are used to a very passive educational experience where you come to a classroom and you receive knowledge you receive education from the teacher and you note it down and try your best to reproduce it in some form or fashion. As opposed to, like, contributing. Right. And that that was how I was... The add-ons, they were like, it's supposed to be different because you're supposed to be taking the the lesson plan, like, the curriculum, the educational goals of, like, composition mm-hmm. and turn it into a more practically oriented class. So the inspiration for this add-on was composition two, where what you have to do is perform research, find sources, right, and then produce a, a research paper that presents information about something and then presents an argument or individual point of view. And I was like, a more hands-on way to do that and in a more interactive and collaborative way of doing that work is podcasting. Because no matter what the podcast content is, it has to be sourced. And that's how all our conversations source. I was like, oh, you wanna do something fun, casual, funny, humorous? How are you going to source it? What are the sources of your information? So all the work we've been in here doing in here is all the same work we do in comp two, like questions of sourcing, style, tone, argument, point of view, voice, what's the difference between my agenda and the agenda of the person I'm interviewing or the thing that I'm talking about. And, mm-hmm. But it's just turned into, I, it just, it struck me that a podcast is a very perfect medium for honing student skills of research and communication but in a much less formal way. Yeah, I, it's very the the range is yeah. greatly expanded. I would think that in in your comp two classes, there's probably a much it's it's a much more formal range from you know you can be here or here, but you're kind of not going to stray from that. Whereas the podcast is just, I mean, our sources are like frat guys talking exactly. while maybe high. Exactly. <laughs> That's very much on brand for what we're doing. Exactly. So that was kind of the idea, and you're right, Like when I teach comp two, I'm kind of like, okay, one of the first things I tell my students is that there's not just one type of research paper. There's thousands of different types of research mm-hmm. paper you could write. One of the first choices you have to make is, which kind are you writing? But you're absolutely right, Pierce, that even when you open that door in comp two, what you end up with is a pretty narrow range of mm-hmm. styles of research paper. They're all more or less formal. But yeah, with podcasts, you suddenly get spilled into like where your sourcing could literally just be an existential crisis. Like my sourcing is my own depression. Uh I've actually had students turn in for work from class where I would say that their source is just their own mind. And that's completely a viable route that you can take in this medium. That's, that's just, 
that's I mean that's fascinating. That's in, that's entertaining. Well, to me, and compelling that's actually content. more of what your daily lives are like. And it, I, honestly, if, if college students these days are actually going to utilize the skill set taught in Comp Two, it's likely going to be using source material that is not formal or academic. Mm-hmm. It's going to be using tweets and conversation. Like that's to me, this class seemed like a way of taking the curriculum of composition two, like research paper writing curriculum, and actually turning it into something that students would use and think about in their daily lives. Taking it out of, I guess this is going to sound very cliche, but taking it out of the classroom and bringing it yeah. into, I don't know, your dorm, basically. Exactly. That's, that's because that's my biggest struggle in comp two, is actually convincing the students who are in that class that you actually need to know these skills. Like, if you don't know how to research and read and communicate your own point of view in relationship to the points of view of others, then you actually aren't going to survive in our world very well. But because Composition 2 is Composition 2, and it's such a predictable kind of cliche curriculum, I think students have a really hard time sitting in Comp 2 and connecting it to their actual daily lives. But in this class, it's like instantaneous. Yeah. The podcast makes it completely relevant. It's because but we, you don't have to talk about it. Exactly. We as like the students are now looking at something that is very much real. And now we can see why we need to be able to communicate and see point of view and identify what kind of tone. We can see why these questions are important. Because you picked it. Exactly. Because you all yeah. have chosen what you're doing. Because I, I don't like that's the thing is that from day one, I have said, I'm not going to assign you something. I'm like your assignment is a podcast proposal, and they're like, "Well, what are you proposing?" I mean, it literally oh, could be anything. <laughs> so that's as soon been... as you make a choice about what you're doing, then you're holding yourself responsible for these things instead of me doing it. Mm. So student choice has been kind of at the core of of this class from its always, inception. but that but that's how I've taught comp two too forever, really? okay. and that's not standard of everybody in comp two. I think a lot of comp two instructors do get much more specific limits in terms of the type of research paper you can produce to make it easier for them to grade and evaluate that work. I always encourage my students to do whatever they want to make whatever kind of research paper they want. So I think I always try to produce much more of a profusion of that. But but yeah, absolutely. Student choice was always at the heart of what I wanted to do in this class, but like initial, but I do think that the class from the the very earliest classes to this one, they have evolved and grown in the sense of like, if you look at those early podcasts, like with the early podcast class, it was still a little bit trapped in that old comp two mind frame, Mm -hmm. right? We were talking a lot about history and historical research and archives. And that's why so many of the podcasts, I think from that first class, sound a little bit more formal they sound a little bit more stodgy is because it was because of the way i taught it i hadn't yet realized that you don't need to insist on the comp two curriculum at all that the students will do it themselves Mm -hmm. that in a way you guys don't need to learn comp two you already know it it's just it's just a matter of activating that awareness in you activating those responsibilities and you already have it it's already internalized you're already enculturated in that way you just don't know it that's especially true of of the students that you get because we're all in the honors college you know a lot of us went through ap and yeah. like i've i've gotten to college and i feel completely at home with the writing i've been doing in in the classes like either i can feel comfortable or feel bored writing in college 
because of how strong the Amarillo High School English department was. Interesting. I, you know, I never thought about it in that way, Pierce, but one of the things that's always kind of, and it's not bothered me, but it's just been kind of a question mark as I've taught this class now for the three times that I've done it, is that it, I've never made a big deal that it's an honors class. Mm-hmm. Like even on the website or the way that the that's podcast, definitely yeah, that's completely absent from any of our marketing. But that's it's not identified at all with honors. But it's never been anything but honors classes that the podcast has been mm-hmm. in because it's an add-on, right? Um, and it's the same thing with Archive Oklahoma in general. All that work on there, all that work produced, was all by honor students. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of the things that's always kind of been like a question mark being like man maybe we should do that like maybe we should advertise this but in a way I felt like that would limit the sphere of its influence rather than expand it I absolutely agree with that as somebody who has a ton of friends outside of the honors college I and like to think that I have good perspective on my own life I think that if I saw honor you know Stuff I Was You Should Know, an honors student-run podcast. That's in a completely different vibe exactly. than Stuff I Was You Should Know, a student-run podcast. Exactly. You know, I just I think internally that's an interesting distinction to make is yeah. that the 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 kids that you're getting, you're you're talking about how we already have those skills kind of inside of us, and you just need to find something that will motivate us to use them. Exactly. I think that that's that point is just even stronger by the fact that you're getting a lot of kids who who've been very successful academically yeah. for a long time. And I think what's interesting too, as this class four honor students, is that while you do, like you're so comfortable performing these academic functions to the point where you sometimes get bored, because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm so in control of my academic performance that I'm kind of bored by it. I feel like honor students get into a class like this and they're like, well, this is an interesting novel <laughs> challenge. Like, why the fuck <laughs> I do this? And it, it does. I think even for honor students, it feels like a different kind of challenge. It feels like a novel task. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And even if the class isn't, you know, the most important one on your calendar, the most demanding one, I feel like there's a way in which it always keeps in students' minds that they're doing it because it's different, because it's, it's not boring, because mm-hmm. it's like a different kind of challenge. And even if the students' plans don't end up working out, like at this point of the semester, there's three weeks less of the semester. If a student came and said, uh, yeah, that plan I had, it ain't going to work out. And I'm like, well, you better come up with a different one because there's still three weeks, you know. <laughs> yeah. and That's fine, but what are you going to do? Exactly. Take the time you have left and look at the time you have left and create something in that time. Absolutely, yeah. I I think that that's I – think, I think as somebody who came in not really knowing what to expect, um, I think that I really, really appreciate – how free the class is and how I it's kind of like you'll get in exactly what you decide to or you'll get out exactly what you decide to put in and it's very much like oh what do you think this podcast should be okay go make it that because yeah. you're the one in the driver's seat I've, I've very much felt that um, we as the students are the ones who are controlling where the podcast goes you're just an extra tool Thanks for tuning in and listening to the history behind the Stuff OSU Should Know podcast.